Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Coming up. I'm told by sources that on the body camera footage, you can hear one of the officers say, maybe we should stop and get a warrant, which is what they should have done. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. On Tuesday, September 21st, Dallas police issued a warrant for the arrest of one of their own officers. Well, look, Officer Jacob Hughes turned himself into the DeSoto Police Department just a little while ago. Dallas police say they were reviewing body camera and they caught that he had fabricated evidence in a case. His attorney says it's all a big mistake. Rebecca Lopez joins us from WFAA in Dallas. Rebecca, This stems from an incident in late 2020. So let's start there. What happened back on December 9th, 2020? So the officers got a call that there was a man shooting from the third floor of a Motel 6 uh, in Southeast Dallas. And so they responded to that. They got there. They said they talked to a witness who pointed to a room where he thought the shots were coming from. So officers go up there. They knock on the door. They confront um, a man there. And when they confronted him, apparently he like shut the door. He opened it and then they claimed that he shut it. So uh, the guy's name was Terry Yearling. So then, according to the police report written by the Dallas police officer, Yearling sounded like he was cocking a gun or something or chambering around in a gun. And that's what they claimed they heard once he shut the door. So they yelled verbal commands, open the door, open the door. They claim at that point that he opened the door and willingly let them in and that he resisted a little bit when they were going to put him in handcuffs. Uh, But they eventually got him on the floor, got him into handcuffs. Then they claim he told him, yes, I have a gun and the gun's under the mattress. Uh, So that's what they say happened that night. The problem is, is that what the body camera shows, because it was all caught on body camera, uh, is that they actually went and got a key card uh, to allow themselves into the motel room. They left that out of the report. He didn't open the door the second time. They let themselves in, searched the the motel room, and um, got the gun, uh, which was then deemed an illegal search by DPD. Before we get a little more into the accusations against these officers, how did the case play out for the man who was arrested, Terry Yearling, last winter? So Terry Yearling was a convicted felon, and he did have um, possessed the gun that they found, even though it may have been obtained uh, in an improper search. Uh, He plea bargained because that's a federal offense when you have a gun and you're a convicted felon in possession of a firearm. So he quickly plea bargained this case uh, with his attorney. What's crazy is that not the attorney, not the prosecutors in this case, uh, no one went back and looked at this body camera footage that clearly would have shown that the search was uh, improper. So as you laid out, 
We have two versions of what happened that day. The written arrest report filed by this officer, Jacob Hughes, that's been made available through court documents. And then the second version, what can actually be seen happening on body cameras. I want to ask a little bit more about the officer's version of events. When exactly did Hughes file that arrest report and how consistent was what he said with what the other officers who were there said? So there were multiple officers that responded to the scene. And typically what happens is that one officer, usually the first one, or sometimes they'll just make the the rookie officers write the reports. Uh, so, because it takes a while to get down to the jail and, um, and, put somebody into custody. Sometimes that could take up to three, four hours. And so what happened next was once they took Yearling to Loosedare at the Dallas County Jail, Officer Hughes is the one who wrote the report. He wrote the report according to his attorney. He says, look, he wrote it from memory. He didn't go back and look at the body camera footage. He just wrote what he thought happened. He winds up having to write the police report. He doesn't get a chance to look at any body cam. Uh, he's down in the jail uh, writing the report from memory, uh, and he didn't put in the fact that someone went and got a, a, a card to open this guy's hotel room after the door shut. But clearly they left out the fact that there had been a key card used, and he would have uh, been there, according to my sources. They said it's, it's clear that they knew that they had let themselves in with a key card. Also, I'm told by sources that on the body camera footage, you can hear one of the officers say, maybe we should stop and get a warrant which is what they should have done. How or at what point did you learn that this arrest report here might not be telling the full story? So I got a tip um, a couple months ago that there were some officers in trouble for an illegal search. We just didn't have the name of the uh, the suspect and we we just couldn't figure out like what was going on in this case and no one in the DA's office seemed to be able to tell us what was happening. And so my colleague, Tanya Iser, who also works uh, at a lot of the Dallas police stories with me over the years, she also, she got a second tip. Uh, and we were able to, at that point, figure out who uh, Terry Yearling was. And we went and started digging through court records. And when we found the the affidavit, we also saw that there were court documents about a Brady violation, that clearly that the uh, the case was being looked at now by prosecutors. And so that's how we knew, or we looked at by prosecutors, and that's how we knew that we had the right case. And then when we pulled the report, I read it. I went to my sources who had some that had seen the footage. And I said, how does this jive with what you guys saw on, your, on the body camera? And they said, well, it doesn't because they say that he let them back in, told them where the gun was. That is not what uh, they say happened. And it's very clear on the body camera footage. We tried to get that footage so we could see for ourselves. They are not releasing it at this point. This case is now before the Court of Criminal Appeals here in Texas. So releasing the body camera footage at this point is almost impossible for all involved. But I've been told by multiple people that have seen this, including his own attorney, um, the officer's attorney and Yearling's attorney, that um, they didn't get a warrant and that it they did get a key card and none of that was in the police report. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You reported that Dallas police discovered this discrepancy between the report and the footage doing a routine review of body camera footage. Do we know why that took so long or if it's typical for them not to review body camera footage of an arrest until, in this case, well after a conviction? Well, there's so many um, body cameras. And so they have a team that they they do. They just periodically check uh, these cases. Now, I think that they actually found this in February or a couple months after. Uh, afterwards as they were reviewing the footage. I mean, it can take a while because there is so much footage, but Dallas police, they were just sort of doing a, a check of some of these these uh, body cameras and they do an audit uh, and they keep them for a while. So they were doing an audit and looking at their body cameras and that's when they discovered it. So now Jacob Hughes has turned himself over for arrest. Five other officers are on leave. Where do things go from here for Hughes and these other officers? Well, at this point, it's going to a grand jury. Um, at least the other five officers, their cases will go before a grand jury and it will be up to the grand jury to determine if there was any kind of criminal action on the part of the other officers who the p- department feels was somewhat com- were somewhat complicit in this. Hughes has obviously been arrested on a class three felony uh, of fabricating uh, physical evidence. And so he will have his day in court. He's got a very high-profile attorney, uh, Toby Shook. Toby Shook uh, is one of the attorneys that um, that defended Amber Geiger, the officer who, uh, former officer now, who was convicted of murdering Botham Jean in Dallas. So he's a pretty high-powered attorney here. He says that his version. Of event. Well, he he says that Jacob says that Jacob Hughes says that his version of events is look, I just forgot to put that in. It was a mistake. You can't prove criminal intent. That he no one lied on the report intending to affect the outcome of this case. But DPD clearly thinks that that's wrong. I mean, Mr. Yearling has spent some time in jail. I mean, he went to prison. I talked to his attorney, and his attorney um, didn't really want to make any comments. But what I gather is that Mr. Yearling still has a pretty uphill battle, even though uh, the search may have been illegal um, or improper. Uh, they have to go before a very conservative court of criminal appeals, and he did plead guilty to having the gun. And so it it's still an uphill battle for him to actually be released and set free on this case. I know we've also heard from Dallas Police Chief Eddie Garcia. What has his response been to this alleged fabrication of evidence? So Chief Garcia has taken a pretty hard line when it comes to uh, disciplining officers who he thinks um, have violated policy or the law. And he says, look, every police department, every police chief has to deal with this. We hire people from the human race uh, and they make mistakes and sometimes they tarnish the badge. We're a large police department that hires from the human race. Uh, We will have individuals that make mistakes. And he says he is setting a standard to build community trust and also to build uh, trust within his own department to let officers know where where the line is. And currently there are 18 officers that are facing grand jury 
uh, cases at this point, um, some involved in a Ponzi scheme and uh, one that fired his weapon improperly at an unarmed man, according to uh, Chief Garcia. And so there are several cases of officers and now including these six officers whose uh, cases uh, could be going to trial. So he says, look, it's it's not something we like. I want to defend the men and women that do good work here in this department, and I will stand by them every day of the week. But there are officers that cross the line, and when that happens, I'm going to deal with it. I would imagine that folks in Dallas seeing this story would want to know how often does this happen? Could there be other instances where the official account of an arrest doesn't line up with what really happened with what the body camera footage shows? Yeah, you know, I've covered the Dallas Police Department for almost uh, more than two decades now. And um, yeah, I've seen it all. It's not the first time it's happened. It probably won't be the last. But what is different in this day and age is that there is um, a, a review, mandatory review of most of the body cameras. So if you are have a body-worn camera, they hope that that prevents officers from doing things like this. Obviously, there'll be some more training um, after this. That's one of the things that Garcia talks about. He says, look, when we have stuff like this happens, we need to um, address it. And we hope that it makes the department better by addressing these issues and that we continue to build confidence because that's what we want to do. We want to get better. But look, they're about to hire a whole bunch of new officers uh, coming up because the Dallas Police Department is probably a thousand officers short. They don't have enough officers to do uh, a lot of the things that they want to do to fight violent crime here in Dallas. And so they have a lot of new people, a lot of new recruits, uh, and it's going to be in the training, more intense training when it comes to stuff like this and to let them know, you know, we're watching you. We've got body cameras. So don't try to skirt the uh, the law or the general orders uh, at the police department. Rebecca Lopez with WFAA. Thank you for bringing us this story. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. As a reminder, we're here five days a week, Monday through Friday. So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to or following the show wherever you're listening right now. If you're looking for more podcasts from there, you can head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows or search for Vault Studios in your podcast app. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there is a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University of Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. That's loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University Maryland's forensic science programs today.